This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. On the show today, we're going to be talking about something super interesting. We're going to be talking about marketing as a service. Now, MASS uh, brings the concept of managed services, which has been used by a host of functions, including uh, IT, HR, finance and accounting for years now. Well, we bring the whole concept of managed service to marketing, where execution and operational tasks are outsourced offshore to extend the capacity of an organization's workforce while internal staff focus on more strategic and high value work and to give us the whole 411 on all things mass i have online with me today young siu mi managing director and chief people officer at 2x a b2b marketing as a service firm uh, siu mi welcome to the show hi audrey thanks for having me So, Sumi, uh, before we actually get into mass uh, or marketing as a service, I thought we'd talk about how it came about. Now, did did mass come about because of the pandemic, because of the shifting marketing landscape over the last few years, or was it already something in the works before the pandemic happened? Right, um, it was in the works for a long time. The whole idea of offshoring B two B marketing services um, to Malaysia. Uh, was something that I worked on for more than seven years before we started to X, in fact, and um, basically uh, it's a blueprint that we use to start to X. the The biggest pain that um, we tried to solve with to X uh, with marketing as a service is really um, when I was uh, vice president for global marketing for a software company. I had budgets and I have things to do, but I always had struggled to find partners that knew and understood what I was trying to do. So uh, hiring agencies have always been a solution that a lot of marketing leaders have tried to do. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, getting good help is difficult. And um, the work that I've done uh, working with a local team delivering digital marketing for uh, B2B segments uh, for North America, EMEA and Asia Pacific from Malaysia with a Malaysian team has proven to be an eye-opening thing. Uh, we have a we have a good understanding of what works and what doesn't work. Um, how do you harness local talents to deliver to markets that they have probably never seen before prior to that work? And how do you convince people um, that have never been to Malaysia, for example, uh, to give it a try? So all these things uh, are in service of trying to accomplish way more with the budget that you have. As a marketing leader, as a business leader, um, we struggle uh, yearly uh, with shrinking budgets. And when anytime there is recession, for example, uh, mm. marketing budgets are the first one of the first things to go. Yep. Uh, and and the other things would be training budgets uh, for anything. HR is the second uh, is probably the first victim <laughs> for anything like that. So uh, so no, it's not a new new concept. It's something that we worked on for a long time. Uh, but two X, uh, what's new with two X is the whole idea of marketing as a service uh, for clients that are looking for transformational from the point of view of a new operating model. So our main target is the U.S. market, 
we are uh, we are based in Malaysia. The, the service delivery center is based in Malaysia, but our main focus markets is uh, the US. We do marketing for US uh, market and for US companies. And it's something that has grown tremendously uh, during the pandemic. Uh, we grew our fastest uh, in the height of the pandemic, actually. Yeah. Okay, so coming back to um, just the model, marketing as a service, you know, talk to us about it, what it entails, and why 2X feels it's the uh, logical next step in B2B marketing. Sure. With marketing as a service, uh, we bring the idea of offshore to marketing and the idea of a new operating model that takes the best of marketing agencies can do and marrying that with the benefits of an in-house marketing department. Mm -hmm. Typically, when you talk about in-house marketing department, they did everything, strategy, planning, execution, uh, technology management, and they manage agencies on the side as well for uh, a series of short-term projects. Over time, this model becomes more and more expensive expensive from the perspective that you have to recruit your own marketing team members. You need to train them. You need time to get better. And uh, even then, some of the people that you hire will churn for one reason or the other. Mm -hmm. So this model slows you down considerably and usually work piles up um, faster than you can hire good people to do them. Agencies um, are great for creative bursts and they are usually hired for short-term projects. They so they come in, do one project for you, and then they go. The next time you hire the same agency, uh, you're likely to get a different bunch of people. Um, agencies are notorious for having 30 to 35 percent employee turnover rate, mm -hmm. uh, and this is standard. So, likely, there's not going to be much knowledge retention nor history in the engagement with the agency that you hire. Uh, so, if you're looking for next steps. Uh, in terms of improvement of your previous results or your campaigns or your programs, then it's probably going to be quite difficult. So the marketing as a service operating model sits in the sweet spot of behaving like an in-house team where they know your brand, they know what worked and what, that, uh, what didn't work in the past because each client gets a dedicated team, a team throughout the engagement. Right. Uh, the benefits of having the same team working on your marketing over a course of a longer period is that they have time to get really much better. Um, mm. Understanding your industry, your products, your services, um, that, uh, and they become uh, subject matter experts themselves. Mm. And through continuous improvement practices that we have, um, the team learn, uh, learns what campaigns work really well and why, uh, because they have time to analyze and try different things. So the new operating model also delivers uh, on expertise and best practices that in-house teams simply do not have. Take, for example, currently the most advanced marketing technology platforms are intent data platforms. And certified technologists who are skilled to gain the full benefits from this sort of platforms. Of course, um, marketing leaders can invest and get their team members certified, but these platforms are large and multifunctional. And to be an expert level, they need to have exposure. Um, uh, how to use it differently, how to use it in different business uh, applications uh, and different scenarios. So um, you, you can't really get the full ROI if mm. you're trying to do it and build your own expert team. Uh, it will be very expensive and take a long time. Yeah. 
Well, all that sounds great, but I'm sure there's a there's always a flip side to the coin, right? So what would you say are the main disadvantages of um, marketing as a service as opposed to the status quo? Right. So I think uh, to convert from the existing model to this marketing as a services model, mm. you need to accept that there's going to be change management. Mm. Um, because our model helps marketing departments work differently, clients who want to use and um, leverage this model also need to think about work very differently. The important steps is helping clients categorize work into different buckets. The day-to-day operations and execution work should shift to us. And sometimes that can be scary for people since it's yeah. a comfort zone for a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. So giving that up, uh, switching gears to fully trust somebody else to do operating their website, their content, their campaigns or social media can be very scary. So when we talk about um, introducing new technology, for example, clients do need to trust us to uh, to g- basically give us the reins to, to do this. So uh, the the change management side is also on the culture side um, because we work mainly with U.S. companies uh, based in the U.S. Um, they need to understand a bit more about the Malaysian culture, the Malaysian mm. habits. Uh, for example, um, Malaysians are less outspoken than Americans. Uh, Malaysians don't naturally give suggestions or ideas as freely. And we explain to our clients that uh, on boarding, for example, that this is not the team being disinterested, but rather a sign of respect to the client. So there's a lot of um, this kind of thing that's these kind of things that we have to bridge to explain the differences, the culture shock of things, and to give tips on how to uh, really get get the best of the team. Uh, simple things like turning on your video when you have a conference call with people. Yeah. Yeah. Face. Uh, um, you know, learn a bit more about what's happening uh, socially, politically, um, uh, where the clients are and vice versa, uh, creates a lot of um, opportunities to talk about building uh, human connections. Right. All right. We are going to take a quick break for some messages right now. But when we come back, we cover the skill sets required to support marketing as a service, as well as how Malaysian businesses are adopting to this operating model. All that and more happening on Resource Centre with Siumi from 2X. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Business, finance and music. BFM 89.9 You are listening to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me today, I have Yong Siumi, the Managing Director and Chief People Officer at 2X, a B2B marketing as a service firm. And of course, we are talking about marketing as a service. Now, uh, Siumi, before the break, you were talking to us about the advantages and disadvantages of marketing as a service when it came about. It's been in the works for a while now. But and I'm, I'm just a bit curious here about how this is actually going to play out or how it has played out, especially for some of your clients, uh, Siumi. You know, how can businesses um, work effectively with a team that they that's not physically with them and working with them, you know, like with with a team that they can't see, you know, does this make understanding the client, um, understanding the customers and their needs more challenging? I I would assume so. Yes, I think the first few things that we try to do with all our team members is to emphasize the importance of understanding and basically doing homework. 
when you get a client, uh, there is a ramp up period. So you have to immerse yourself in the industry that they're in. You have to understand what products and services they, they try to deliver. And also competitors, uh, understand the competitors, uh, how much um, stronger they are or how much weaker and, and understand basically uh, what is the, the strong points and the weak points of your client. Uh, and equally important is trying to understand what the stakeholders want to accomplish with the team. Um, so uh, a lot of people immediately assume that, oh, of course, you're going to like, you know, go into a market, um, conquer new territories and, and generate more revenue. Yes, that's in general, that's what um, people hire us for. But there are also people, uh, clients that hire us just to do really operational stuff because they, they have um, a big need to do more, more volume of something. So the understanding of the needs of the client is paramount so that we don't do things that the clients will find, hey, hang on, um, I asked you for A, you're doing B for me right now. Um, so can we go back to A? So um, that requires um, a bit of uh, coaching for, mm -hmm. for our people because a lot of, uh, some of our talents, they come from um, experiencing the local markets, local clients. Uh, there are pros and cons uh, to that experience. Some of, some of these experiences are baggages mm -hmm. uh, because they bring in the understanding of uh, local clients, whereas the U.S. clients don't necessarily behave that way. So um, learning a different culture, learning a different product, learning about the clients, uh, what they want to do, is the first step. The second step is really um, a lot of to uh, the talents that we have in Malaysia are mainly business to consumer marketers, B2C, while we are a pure B2B and we only uh, serve the tech segment. So it's a very niche area. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the biggest difference between business to consumer marketers and business to business marketers uh, there's a lot, actually, but the biggest difference is that um, uh, B2B marketers, we only market to a very small target audience. Right. Um, B2C marketers, uh, they market to a lot of people. They, they are mass marketing tactics mm. uh, suits them really well. So because of the niche um, target audience, there's a lot of um, requirements in terms of understanding your target audience much more than a B2C marketer would normally do. Um, mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Uh, if you're a B2C marketer and you are trying to uh, promote a new restaurant, uh, basically, and it's, this is not that some uh, upmarket niche restaurant, is is a mass um, appeal uh, restaurant. Uh, your target audience is the entire Malaysian market, for example, right? Uh, but in B2B, you are only targeting business leaders who's got the budget authority to make a decision. So every company, there's probably five persons like that. And depending on the market, uh, sorry, depending on the product that you, or services that you're trying to sell, the more expensive it is, the more careful you have to be with your marketing uh, to these people. And these are highly um, marketed ad people. They're very busy. They are C-level people, vice presidents, uh, directors. 
they they understand the industries really well. They know their pain points really well. So when you do marketing to them, uh, you need to be really intelligent, really targeted, really know your stuff to come across as credible. Then they'll give you time um, to under. Then they'll spend time to understand what you're trying to do, what you can do for them. So the mass versus niche marketing uh, mindset uh, needs to shift. Um, that is probably the two biggest um, areas of challenges that we have when we try to uh, deliver this model from Malaysia to the US market. Um, there are other challenges, of course, but um, for example, uh, there are ma- much more marketing op- technology that we use in B2B marketing than in business to consumer marketing. Uh, there is a lot, much longer process uh, when we market to somebody in B2B because um, the decision cycle for somebody to buy a piece of software or not doesn't take a few hours. They take months. Mm. Take, uh, on average, a B2B marketing buyer uh, sales cycle is 18 months. Mm. I've seen sales cycles that last five years um, in the past. Uh, in my, it, it really depends uh, because... Some software um, have transformative powers. They can change the entire organization. So it's a collective decision um, from many levels of decision makers in a large company to decide together, yes, this is what we yeah. want to buy. And this is the problem we want it to solve. And this is the money that we will invest in. Mm-hmm. And also the change management that happens after you buy a piece of software. It's not, um, it's not a fancy phone that you're buying for yourself. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Are there specific skill sets that are required to support the marketing as a service function? Yes. We invest a lot in coming up with our own training, mm. um, mostly because there is uh, the, the talent market in Malaysia, uh, like I said, is mostly B2C. Uh, and since the pandemic happened, we saw a huge surge in interest of people pivoting their careers um, from totally non-traditional uh, pools of talent that we've been fishing in um, to people applying from engineering background, from finance, from math, from data. Um, we, we take in uh, talents like that because in B2B marketing, there is, a, there is a part of our process or our, our function that deals a lot with technology and data and numbers and processes. Um, so we we fa- we have found a lot of success converting people that had you know a tie grew tired of being an engineer, for example, mm-hmm. uh, being in um, uh, accounting and finance uh, industry, for example, mm-hmm. and then. We train them. We train them, um, and we have gotten we, we've got a strong track record of successfully training people through these. And we combine it with our in-house training programs, with um, industry certification programs. Um, so, and of course, uh, soft skills trainings. That's um, that's the third pillar that we have in the company um, to prepare our people. Uh, to to perform the work that the the clients require. Mm. 
Uh, I'm also curious if Malaysian businesses are adopting to the mass model well. And, and uh, I mean, like, how's it going, you know, in the in the local market? Right. So for the longest time, well, we, we started in 2017, so it's not that long. Mm. Um, we have always gotten interest from local companies who, um, who want to buy our services. Um, we have never been able to respond to that until recently. Okay. So recently we, um, we have a well-known brand uh, that operates uh, worldwide actually, but with a very significant presence in Asia Pacific. Um, and they, and they have just started with us uh, on this marketing as a service journey. And we're very excited about this uh, partnership. Um, so there is a lot of interest in local companies in trying to do, uh, trying to get B2B expertise from us. Um, it points to a lack of, um, services available, uh, mm. that, that are true B2B centric. Um, a lot of agencies in Malaysia, like the talents in Malaysia, are B2C. Mm. So the companies that are trying to uh, trying to adopt marketing as a service probably have done have done this. They have tried to do it themselves uh, and not get the results that they want, or they have tried to do with agencies that are not B2B marketing experts and felt the gap in their ability to understand and deliver to expectations. So yes, there is a demand. Um, we get frequent inquiries on our websites, um, but we are happy that we are starting out with um, with at least one right now. Um, so our requirements are pretty strict in the sense that um, our clients are pretty large, and that uh, they are uh, what they try to do with their marketing is also pretty large, and it's um, it's not usually just for Malaysia market. It's, mm. Um, much bigger than that, yeah. All right. Uh, just before I let you go, Sumi, um, where do you see marketing as a service heading in the coming years? Is this going to be the new norm? Uh, and you know, what kind of future opportunities do you see uh, with this uh, operating model? Right. Um, the industry outlook is fairly positive for us. Um, the concept of operating model transformation, outsourcing to Malaysia marketing as a service, these concepts, they are still new, even in the US right now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something early adopters and innovators are going for. The industry will, cro- uh, will cross the chasm in the next two years, we believe. And this will become a common trusted best practice. Um, mm-hmm. It will become a strategic priority uh, for a majority of B2B CMOs, Chief Marketing Officers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, estimate, uh, we estimate only about 5% of our addressable market is activated right now. Uh, the other 95% is coming. Um, so we are, we are we, what, our idea is just to keep delighting our clients and continue to receive referrals. That, that's how we have grown uh, for the past few years now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very encouraging. Hmm. Now, Sumi, uh, for those tuning in right now who would like more information on 2X, is there a website that they can go to? Yes. Our website is 2x.marketing. Right. Uh, thank you so much, Sumi, for taking the time to speak with us. I've been speaking with Yong Sumi, Managing Director and Chief People Officer at 
2x and if you missed out on any part of this show you can go look for the podcast on our website that's bfm.my you can also find all our podcasts on the brand new bfm app that's available on the apple app store and on google play my name is audrey raj thank you for joining us on visa center on enterprise bfm 89.9 You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.